Mutiny Radio FM. This is Wustein. Uh, this is the 10 a.m. shift. Uh, G Money is out today. Uh, so there was this uh, this uh, breaker that was playing. Um, yeah, I want to be able to talk as much as I can, um, but I don't think uh, with uh, my partner out for the day that I'll be able to do much uh, with the talking. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into what happened. He says he's he needs to have uh, a toy uh, lavatory close around somewhere, lavatory, water closet, restroom. To so say he's uh, he's got to be able to have a seat uh, somewhere with a hole in the middle of that seat. But good, uh, uh, yeah, good health to uh, to my friend George. Hopefully he. Uh, able to recover i've had hmm let's see have i have i ever had a stomach flick that before hmm i've had before yeah the runs are not necessarily the best thing to do sorry um i don't think he has the runs i just think he just told me he had some bowel movement problems so yeah those are kind of bad i mean i I think Yeah, we're gonna get into a really boring topic because technically there's I don't have my sounding board. Um he's gonna call me out on some movie I don't know about or some director. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna wonder when he's gonna say Fellini, I'm gonna say he's gonna I am thinking Felatio. That's not necessarily the right right mode of thinking either. No. Um <laughs> But hopefully we're back next week. Um, I wanted to just do some intros um, before I see what I can pull out of my <clears throat> hat and uh, see what, what else can be played here. I'm two minutes in. I know. I'm going to try my best not to put in some dead dead air, but um, I didn't think that perhaps my voice <clears throat> is just as... Um, murderous. No. no, that's not too strong. Too strong of a word. I think that my voice can probably kill people, just by the sound of its um, slow measure. But hopefully, I'll find something for you guys. I don't necessarily want to keep everybody in silence. There was an interesting. Um, I was just listening into the. Um, to the recording that was playing earlier, and uh, the lady had just pulled out a copy of Pedagogy of the Oppressed from her handbag, and I was just very, very impressed as to what kind of books people um, seem to keep in their handbags just for easy reference. I know I don't necessarily I don't necessarily have a copy of Paulo Freire in my satchel. I don't necessarily bring it with me. I read it before. Uh, Red Rich of the Earth by Franz Fanon as well. Uh, James Cone's Black Theology of Liberation. Um, yeah, it's good. These are all interesting stuff if you're interested in uh, education, pedagogy, and where it leads to and why education on a general level is important and what exactly is the role of education. Uh, it's interesting because Paul Ferrer, uh, to go off on a tangent, uh, I'll be looking on internet internet archive for something to listen to for the next uh, two hours or so. 
Yeah. Uh, where was I? Paulo Ferreira. So the whole thing with um, his pedagogy of the oppressed, which is based really, it, it really is based on liberation theology. <clears throat> and if anyone knows anything about liberation theology, it was a, 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 an offshoot, very much an offshoot of of Christianity. Um, that was based more on less on traditions and dogmas and more about the idea of the of class struggle and this is why liberation theology had a lot of emphasis and a lot of influence in South America Central America and in uh, and among minorities and cla minority classes here in the United States particularly um, the African-American people the idea of liberation theology is very much that <clears throat> deliverance um, uh, redemption, all of these things are not necessarily just things that happen in heaven and that the idea that you're supposed to just wait until you die and then you receive your, your, your just desserts. The idea of liberation theology is that it is the quest of mankind on earth to be able to bring heaven on earth and that important part of that is the uh, really helping the poor and helping the afflicted, helping the suffering. And th that really didn't take too much hold in Europe. Um, the power, powers that be did not really care much for the, the suffering and the, the, the downtrodden. That was more the, uh, the realm of South America, uh, which is where liberation theology took hold on a vast scale, um, where they have churches and, you know, obviously. And I would probably say, though, Pope Francis would not necessarily say this out loud, but he certainly would be a proponent of liberation theology. He certainly wouldn't say that to his other cardinals, but he certainly, I, I would probably have this feeling that he would, uh, he comes from that school of thought. Now, in terms of how Palafrera comes in with that line of intellectual succession, it's really because, um, well, a lot of it is connected with the Jesuits as well, um, because when it comes down to it, the missionaries who came in and educated many uh, and converted many of the natives all over the world were Jesuits. Um, if you see a lot of the Catholic universities and colleges all over the world, many of them are Jesuits. Nothing against the Jesuits, but then actually nothing against Jesuits at all. Uh, it's just the idea that they were very much proponents of education and there's that stemming when you go from something that's rather um, theological in a certain, oh, certain aspect and you kind of create into more secular aspect. Um, so there you go, you the sense of liberation theology and thereby necessarily freeing the masses um, and thereby you're able to um, intellectualize, you're able to create discourse among, among, those, among those classes, among all the classes, and thereby you cre create this idea that education should be something that's general to all, and everybody should have it. Um, so what is the whole thing with pedagogy of the press is to understand the role of education is not necessarily to continue the power struggles, but to, you know, liberate yourself, to uh, open yourself up to this understanding of where you are individually in the world, to be aware of yourself as this cog in this ever ever changing this gear in this ever changing clock uh, and to be aware of yourself as that so that you can actually kind of change the system somehow in some way it's, of course is this is the the thinking that 
that plays a lot of the ways in which we want to deal with politics and we want to deal with our own lives and policies in life. The idea that uh, how should the individual consider see him or herself in society? Uh, should we consider ourselves as part of a greater society? Should we consider ourselves as individuals in and of ourselves? Whoops. Why is there an alarm? It was nine minutes late. I had an alarm set for 10 a.m. And it just, just uh, turned on now. That's kind of interesting. Oh, today is November 12th. November 12th. So my birthday is December 11th, but, um, so that's 12-11, today's 11-12. Um, I don't know if I really want to say happy birthday to this one person. And I'll probably talk a little bit more about this, um, while I'm looking, I'm not even on an internet archive, what the hell am I saying? Um, <laughs> I don't understand Apple. Uh, this is, Apple is a very confusing thing for me. No, but anyway, um, I guess I'll say happy birthday. Um, I don't know. It feels... Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Mm. See, if I... Ah, man, this story. I, I've i told this story. This is technically the story of, uh, of my life from the last 20 plus years. And I've told it over and over and over and over and over again. But I've gone to therapy over it. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress disorder and, uh, major depressive disorder, uh, kind of related to this stuff. So, but today is the birthday of this girl I grew up with. Um, wow. I don't even like talking about it now. It's kind of a, kind of a strange struggle. Well, I, what I would say is it's, you know, if you ever, um, so here's something that you understand with post-traumatic stress disorder. If you see people who have, who are military veterans or people who have <clears throat> been victims of a great trauma of some sort, they don't like talking about it. And it's not as if they don't like talking about it. A lot of times they simply can't talk about it. It's something that they struggle with. It's just something that they can't, art- can't articulate out loud they can't speak it um and i may have talked about i don't know uh, the idea if you ever read the poetry of paul ceylon p-a-u-l-c-e-l-a-n he was a jewish poet who wrote in german after the holocaust and his whole thing with a lot of his poems he would use uh ellipses oh. hello hey, how you doing? hi what was the this morning? uh hold, hold on well I'm on the air, and apparently this guy in... <laughs> no, 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 come in, come in. I, like, if you want to talk or anything. I don't know, there was a station meeting apparently this morning? Every uh, second Sunday there's supposed to be one here at 10 a.m. Really? That's what I was told by Pam last time. Man, well, I'm... I'll get Pam a call, find out where the hell she is, what the fuck happened, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah do that. Do that. So that if there's a station meeting, I don't necessarily have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Jeff. You're on the air with uh, G-Money and Wustein. What's yours? I'm George. I'm with FTW Monday nights. What's going on? What's doing? going on? Monday nights. You are not on time. No, you're on time for the for the meeting, but you're certainly not on time for your radio show. Yeah, I, I came a little early. 
Oh, there you go. I, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, there, there's a there's a there's a apparently a blanket outside. You can make yourself. You can and bring that in. Like somebody's already using them. Oh, you know. So I, I thought about it. I thought. About you can be a little socialist. We can share. We can share. You don't mind? Oh, that's not mine. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm sharing it on behalf of the guy who's used, who used oh, okay. it already. Well, so I'm yeah. Sweetheart. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm already I'm already taking over with this thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm already appropriating property rights. Let's talk in a minute. Oh, uh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, so back to PTSD. No, um, but it, it was weird because when I when I went to therapy over several sessions, um, you see military veterans and they don't like talking about wars that they've been to. Uh, if you ever saw the movie American Sniper, and there's a scene where he's sitting on uh, uh, a sofa, where he's just sitting on a chair and he's just watching a blank TV. And he is reimagining and re-visualizing all the various scenes that he's been through. And this is more or less things that I would struggle with myself. Uh, there would be times when I would literally uh, be so fraught with heartbreak over various scenes in my life. I would literally be sitting in a chair just staring at into a wall, into a blank white wall, just revisiting and revisualizing these various uh, memories in my life. Um, and if you see some military veterans, they, when that happens, they will just go, they'll be able to not talk. They have thoughts in their head, and they're these things that I, I can tell you guys, like, I will have thoughts in my head, but I will not be able to say them out loud. I cannot. It's impossible. Like, I will tell I, it is well, it's not impossible, but it takes a lot, a lot of effort to actually push through and actually articulate certain words. Like I would be, there'd be times when I would not complete a whole sentence. There'd be times when I would just break down into tears. I would just kind of like just get into a mode and I would just break down into tears. Now, this is stuff that happened to me. The heavier stuff happened to me about 10 years ago about 10, 9, 10 years ago. But I mean, it was kind of like I went to therapy for a few years. <clears throat> it, it was funny because uh, I think that my therapist told me this. He told me, basically told me the, the symptoms I see that you express, that you exhibit whenever you're dealing with this stuff. It's very similar to how I see veterans when they come back from war. And what I think, well, for the most part, I think what my therapist wanted to do is that he didn't, he, he kind of knew that I felt a little bit alone in this, that it's not something that I was, it's not something that you really like uh, are proud of, or that's something that you can feel that you can garner sympathy or pity from a general audience from. Like you could say, oh, you came back from war and you were shell-shocked. Okay, that's understandable. You were a victim of uh, terrible abuse when you were younger. Yeah. You can understand that. You went through 20 years of heartbreak with this one girl, and you never got over it. That is not necessarily the same. Most people will probably say that's not on the same level as shell shock or 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 or, or abuse as a kid, or child abuse. So it's not, or or rape or, or anything that's really really traumatic experience. But nevertheless, for me, it pretty much exhibited the same sort of symptoms, and I've had to struggle with the same sort of. Um, difficulties as people who do struggle with PTSD. So I've always been also, ever since then for the last 10 years, been something of an advocate for mental health. Um, so people who struggle uh, with mental health issues, um, it's kind of a, it, it, I tend to 
um, I guess I can say more more than sympathize with them. Um, but that's just that that's something. So uh, November twelfth, yeah. So her name was Monica. Um, I, I would say it's kind of an interesting deal because ten years ago, I don't think I could actually have said her name out loud. Ten years ago, I, I um, um, sorry if I if I break out into um, into thought, you know, if I can't necessarily keep a rhythm when I'm talking, it's probably because it, it, it tends to get to me. So I I I may not necessarily be as free flowing in what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, 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 happy birthday to her. Um, I don't know. Feels weird. I used to, I mean, because the thing is, you always remember, I always remember her birthday because it's the exact opposite of mine. So, you know, hers 11, 12, mine's 12, 11. So it's just easier to remember. Although, I don't know if that's really a good thing over the course of my life. I'll always remember her birthday. Unless I forget mine, which is hopefully at some point when I'm really, really old and I have forgotten my birthday, that's, that, that's when bliss will really, really happen. No, not really. Uh, wow. And I'm looking at. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the Internet Archive, and I'm looking at all the different collections, and that is this is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic. I don't know. Actually, the one thing I look at Internet Archive for. What do I? Oh, so I got so uh, my friend George, not not that George, the other George, the George with the. Um, G money, the one with the darker complexion, that George. Oh, that George. That George. He's a, George. That George. He's the dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with the darker complexion. That George. I remember I was trying to talk about what I've been listening to. That I've been watching a whole bunch of nature documentaries by David, Sir David Attenborough. He's the British guy. He's like, welcome. Yeah, well, we are here in the in the shores of Nova Scotia, and we are looking at these five million, five billion year old rocks. No, and George doesn't have it. He's like, I don't like this stuff. I, I, what are we talking about? I don't like this stuff. I don't like nature documentaries. We're we talking about David Attenborough. And I'm like, well, this is pretty cool stuff. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, what are we going to talk about? I have no idea. We end up talking, but he's uh, that was several weeks ago. He wasn't having it. <laughs> he was not having the David Attenborough stuff. It's like, I'm not interested in nature documentaries. I don't. Yeah, it tends to be I'm very boring. You know, I'll watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I'll watch. I'm very. I'm. I'm like kind of a anglophile, I guess. As I watch Sir David Attenborough nature documentaries, then I watch other BBC documentaries, and I just finished rewatching Downton Abbey. Yeah. I don't know. People watch Downton Abbey. It's like so. It, it's kind of like Breaking Bad, like in terms of not not like that in terms of intensity, but in terms of like. Um, critical acclaim. It's the British version of Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah, it was like the most... It's, you're either, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be like this great show, but I can't get into it. No, no, I know, I know people who are like, yeah, you told me about it, but I like, it's too boring. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's really, it's either you either love it or hate it. Yeah, yeah. And I know people who are like, you should watch Stranger Things and Daredevil. And I'm like, I don't have Netflix. Sorry. Like I wish I had. I wish you could keep telling me about these shows that come up only on Netflix, like House of Cards. You should really watch this stuff. Like, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you have high speed internet for 
Yeah, thanks. 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 You know, you can give me your Netflix account at any point. I'll, that'd be helpful, too. Yeah. But I have Amazon Prime, so... They're just kind of rubbing your nose in it, aren't they? I know. I know. No, I, was, I, was at a, I was at my cousin's wedding. Like, I went to Seattle for my cousin's wedding, and she had Netflix, and I started watching the first episode of Daredevil. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I guess I could... No, I can't watch anymore when I, when I go back home. Oh, well. Damn. Damn. Rats. Yeah, I should have asked my cousin's Netflix account yeah. information. That would have been helpful. Rat. Oh, <laughs> what was I thinking? I was thinking of oh yeah, I was supposed to be involved with the wedding of sorts. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah your mind was elsewhere. Ah. Oh well. Oh well. So does George usually play music? I don't like. Sometimes he plays music. Sometimes he will I, play. I feel, like, I feel like I'm butting into your show here. No, no. In fact, actually, I, I, I kind of need a foil. Otherwise, I'll be talking out of my ass. Oh, you mind if I take seat number two then? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I kind of do need a foil of sorts, but... So, so I've been having this problem with, with my my, uh, my other on the show as well. So he lives, oh, oh, okay. He's in Colorado, so he's he'll be here on Monday, but he won't be here the following Monday. And when you're in here by yourself, you got nobody to bounce shit off. Yeah, I know. And that's half my game is talking shit. You know? I know, I know. I'll end up... Well, the thing is that I'll... Sometimes, some weeks, I won't be here, so he'll just basically just go off Internet Archive. I think I've been ripping Internet Archive for the last 10 minutes. Um, and he'll find some sort of, uh, random, (laughs) he'll find some random, uh, scary story from like the 1930s. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know where he finds, I don't know where he gets them, but he just finds... George is a special guy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I, I worked with him. Um, well, well, he, we worked in the same build, we worked in the same place for the same people but we didn't we did completely different things basically he did the uh he well he he was a custodial worker and i was doing like legal stuff so yeah and so basically he would come in and and take out the trash (laughs) um But then, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. (laughs) No, and I would tell no, no. Jordan and I will agree with this. That okay. There's a level of you know. I would probably say Mutiny Radio is a bit liberal, liberal progressive. I would hope so. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But you can get on the kind of um, trippy liberal progressive, where it's like you're not with me. I'm gonna completely just. uh, I'm gonna completely just like eye you, give you the evil eye. Yeah, my. Well, hopefully we're recording. Yeah, I'm hearing something else going on. Some other shows in the background over here. It could be. You could probably stop that, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how to mess with this side. Are we three or four? Are we still up? I'll put it on Submix all the way down, maybe. There you go. I know yeah. we usually switch from three to four or four to three or... I don't know. Was mic one, mic two, hopefully? Was it the right ones? Um, yeah, this is mic one and two. They sometimes switch up three and four here, so it's you just got to do it. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm still getting the swing of that board, man. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, but what happened is that we basically realized that, okay, I was hired as an attorney um, basically to do certain cases for the for that, for that the nonprofit agency that George and I were working, working with, but they put me on a temp basis, and it's basically, well, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was racial discrimination, but they were really looking for somebody who could speak a second language. And once they realized that I could not speak a second language, it just tossed me into some, like, back desk. Oh. Yeah. They had actually decided, they had this whole uh, office that's set up for, like, put archive stuff. And they were going to put up a new desk. And they were like, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll set something up for you at some point. And they never did. Then they ended up hiring another guy and they put him in there after me. He spoke another language, didn't he? He spoke Spanish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 
It's the way of the world. I think, I think they let him go, too, after six months. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, no. Here's the thing. It wasn't proper here's the thing. I had, no, I had no confidentiality privacy because basically they put a desk in, like, in a hallway and they basically put me there. Nice. It's like yeah. office space, huh? So, not even a cubicle. No cubicles. Uh, there was this <laughs> other manager. Down next to the boiler, man. There was like a manager sat there. Like there was two, like three offices around me. Three offices. So you were like the receptionist. I basically was in the receptionist desk doing that, but none of the stuff I was working for any of them. Those people were doing other <laughs> stuff related to the agency. I had nothing to do with it. Well, but the thing is that it's not as if I could really have client meetings. There. I mean, I did have client meetings, but it's basically they would shut their doors. And yeah, that's basically the, the, the level of my, that was, that was, that was how much respect they gave me. Wow. Yeah. Well, oh, by the way, the, they were a the nonprofit. F- but, but the number of four or five cases I did work on during that time, all of them were successful. Outstanding. So yeah. you're successful yeah, they, 100%. They, 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 they fired me after I had basically helped them win their cases. That's all they needed you for. Hundred percent. You you were a hundred percent what they needed for those five cases, and then after that, you were not. <laughs> it stings a little. I know. Uh, I'm an electrician, dude. You know, so I go through. I've probably worked like thirty <laughs> different jobs this year. I swear to God, I've got like thirty different jobs. My accountant loves me. You know, it's like, <laughs> but they're all as an electrician. They're all I, I always get dispatched out of the hall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they're always pretty much the same work, but they only have like three or four days worth of work. Okay, that, we're done with yeah, you. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going back to the hall and I'm getting another job, and that's that's comfortable for me. Yeah, I'm that's cool good. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're basically from job to job, you know. And but for me, a job will keep you there for a year and a half, two years, because they yeah. need somebody there for a year and a half, two years. But this is the the crazy year. thing. They wanted to, okay. They wanted to hire me. They wanted me to. They wanted to hire me for a six month contract. And they were, so my old professor, one of my old professors calls me for this job. She says, okay, this is, these are the terms. Okay, great. When do I start? Okay, come by on the, the following Monday. They don't have the contract written out for me. And by week's end, they draw up this crappy ass contract where basically I'm paid like less than a paralegal. I'm paid like... And, and your old... Your old professor lined you up with this? Did she know that was going down, or she? She had some idea it was going down, she but apparently, be good for experience, no matter. Apparently, how you she wasn't it the up. she wasn't the financial involved with the finances. Yeah, so now your yeah. pay takes a dip. Yeah, and yeah, and they basically were like, "We're sorry, we didn't have like no, no." They just they were just no. Basically, what I, I end up thinking is it okay. Same hypocrisy everywhere. See. See, Trump see, and Weinstein see, are the yeah. same person. Doesn't matter if you vote right wing or left wing. Nope. You're, if you have power, you can still be a jackass. Oh, definitely. I and would say, thing, I, would say it's a, I would almost say that it's a requisite, a prerequisite. Yeah, it you doesn't matter. Be a jackass if, yeah, power. it doesn't matter if you're a for profit or non profit. If you have a need to preserve your place, you're going to preserve that place. You're going to be conservative when it comes to your position. Yeah. Like if you are a nonprofit and you're very liberal, but if there is a if there's something that wants to tear you tear your place down, you will be as conservative and reactionary as you ever as you have never seen yourself before. You will protect that place no matter what and where you stand, your power, your authority, where how much power you have, you will not let anybody touch that. No, because they're all a threat. Yeah, doesn't matter if you are voting left or right. Power is power. 
Yes. And you'll try to control, hold that for as long as you can. This exactly. is just, it's just how it is. It's you know? just, well, that's how, that's how those people think. That's I like mean, a type A personality, most likely. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, did you, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can so, talk you know, on and on about, you know, Hillary Clinton is not necessarily the best candidate in the world. No. No. Neither, but Trump isn't either. But the idea is people got fed up because they didn't want all that power. They didn't want people having all that power for, you know, all the time. Right, with a background of that kind of power. With the background, that background, too. And Which so they, he's got the background, too. It's just not political power. It's it was like, I mean, I, I voted I voted Hillary because it was the lesser of two evils. And it was like, this is the devil. You pick the devil that you do, that you know, and the devil that you don't know. I picked the devil that I didn't know. People were picking the devil that they didn't know. And this is what happens. Yeah. Hey, huh? Hey, Look, welcome hey, to the new world. Huh? At, at Mutiny Radio, if you have any, if you have any listeners, please call in and pretty much talk about any major piece of legislation that Donald Trump has actually passed in the last ten months. Numbers four one five 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 zero zero five one one. We're gonna see, Lines we're gonna open. see that light ringing up anytime soon with the first piece of major legislation that Donald Trump has actually passed in the last ten months. Go. I'm gonna look this up on Wikipedia. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna look this up on Wikipedia, and if you can get if you can get a caller in before I have Wikipedia the first piece of major legisla- legislation that Trump has passed in the last ten months. Hmm. He's I'm, tweeted a lot in the last ten months. Apparently, he's tweeted a lot, a lot in the last couple of days, man. Guys, apparently guys Kim really Jong Un called him old, so he's Jesus. So he retaliated back. with a he has t- fat and stupid he, remark or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, he, <laughs> he was taken aback because somebody called him old, or he called him short and fat. Yeah, yeah, it was like, and so he called a short fat guy short and fat. Okay, wait, wait, you called Donald Trump, who was what seventy something years old. Hey, he well, gets 12, insulted because he's old, dude. You're seventy something years old. Well, when is that not old? If you're 85, 70 something is not. Oh, old. it's relative. <laughs> it's I'm not relative. old. <laughs> like, so Kim Jong, Kim Jong, he was just speaking the truth, right? He was just. Uh, you're older than me, so okay, you're old. Okay, Donald Trump is old. <laughs> Kim Jong Un is short and fat. Okay, we're not necessarily insulting people. These are just facts. facts yeah. These are just the facts. Keep them rolling. He's 71 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Yeah, Why does he not look six foot three? And he's within range now, right now, isn't he in Japan? Why does he not look six foot three? He looks a lot shorter than he doesn't. You know, this is interesting. You know, people they, they they have pictures where they're like, people look shorter than they are. He though people look taller. Yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. shorter than he yeah, actually well, is. Yeah, well, Tom Cruise looks taller in every movie that he's ever done. Right? He's what? Five, well, that's six? I think part of his contract. He has to put into his contract. Well, a lot of those he, guys, they put them up on pedestals that, when they film them talking, you know, making out with the girl or something. So the girl's you, looking up to him. Kind have of you thing. seen the Scientology documentary? I have not. Oh my um, God, Tom Cruise! You're talking about like I bounce around with Joe Rogan lately, man. I've been watching. I've been. I've, I, I used to watch a lot of JRE, Joe Rogan yeah. Experience. Yeah, He's I was a bad motherfucker, man. Oh, yeah, dude, dude, I'm digging him. So I saw some little bit they had today. He had some. Uh, well, you know, I'm just looking at little clips of it on, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. on the other tube thing, and they. Uh, he was talking about uh, what was it? There was a uh, shit fungal fungal intelligence, fungal fungal intelligence. So supposedly they like set up a maze for this fungus. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. Fung- fungi are test. very smart. Yeah, and they basically yeah. set up a, a, a small scale model of Tokyo or some shit like that, and they let this fungus loose. In this, oh, and in this see the maze. roads, the roads, right? The roads, the roads the, yeah, the, yeah. And, it matches exactly. And yeah, yeah. And their suburban, you know, and their subway system and everything. And supposedly the the fungus actually rearranged the subway so it was more efficient. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. And this we're, software we're, figured out the maze. You know, they, they went, put it through the maze a few times. Well, now it, it redesigned the actual fucking subway system and made it more efficient. So they're just going to so, be like, yeah, no, we're going to listen to the fun guy. So we're just take down his area of Tokyo subway. And yeah. We're just going to redo it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, but that's, nice, good, he, but that's interesting. It, it, it makes you it makes you think more about you know when you do go taking shrooms, you know, and you know you're putting this fungus in you, and it's actually oh. they're, now they're saying it's opening up different different thought. Oh, oh you're like, are you into Terrence McKenna? And uh, I have not looked into Terrence McKenna. I, oh, if you do shrooms, you must listen or read uh, Terrence McKenna. I'll have to look into you Terrence McKenna. You will have McKenna. to. You will have to. I heard the name um, earlier this morning. and that's he, the was, first time I heard he was a UC Berkeley uh, professor. Because um, we, we had a president of my union named Terrence McKenna. <laughs> so, he obviously probably he probably and did we not did do our experiments rooms. with mushrooms as well. <laughs> oh, he did. Oh, yeah. You knew a guy named Terrence McKenna who was not this Terrence McKenna. I believe so. Yes, but we called him Terry, so I'm assuming it's a Terrence. Wow, there is another Terrence McKenna that you knew. Yes, from the city, born and raised from the Bay Area, that did shrooms, but was not the famous Terrence McKenna that was supposedly... I'm assuming he did shrooms, because okay. I've done them and I've hung out with that crowd. Okay. I did not do them directly with him. Well, Terrence did McKenna was famous... Uh, he, he was famous for the book Food of the Gods. Um, was that Food of the Gods? No, no, no. It was... No, 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 no not Food of the Gods. It, was it Food of the Gods? It was... Um, it was... What was it? Stoned Ape. The Stoned Ape Theory, where he believed that evolution of apes because they ate shrooms yeah that's yeah. what they're getting into man they're and saying, they evolved their brains they, evolved because they were able to they're saying our brains doubled in size in two hundred thousand years which is like crazy amazing oh that, they call that the second great evolution the second the second big bang they call that the second big bang huh. for uh the first big bang is yeah, you know, the cosmology this, cosmology this subject just interests me so much I gotta yeah the so second big bang to... is what they call the brain the, evol the evolution of the brain yeah you know, the course of two hundred thousand years how the inner, we go from inner apes space to, kind of like thing, from you know, just... from homo erect like basically from the old hominids to homo sapiens how did that because that's a that's a huge mystery nobody knows why our brains evolved the way that they do like right. we're one of the weakest animals on earth we can't fend for ourselves for shit no but we can make no. tools that can that we can defend we get, we ourselves. We get cold real easy. Yeah, we we have you know? yeah. Think about <laughs> we like you, real think about the nature documentaries about all these animals who get last and last, oh, and we're like they're tough motherfuckers, man. Yeah, they yeah. Just, I think they just put it out of their mind and not care about it. Like and I think I honestly think they're the smarter ones on this. Yeah, like <laughs> us versus place. killer whales in the open ocean. I don't think we have a chance. Not even close. No, no. no. Yeah, killer killer whales. Yeah. Like yeah. Hell, we have problems with jellyfish. Dude, <laughs> yeah, but you're not. No, here's the thing: jellyfish have been no around. They can take They've been around for millions and millions of years. They have. So that's the thing. I kind of feel with evolution, when you stop at a certain point, like with jellyfish, you know, you're thinking nothing's gonna hurt me. I'm as good as I get. I'm as, like <laughs> this. Is the you're best gonna touch me, you're dead. This like is the best of me, right here. Yeah, you can touch me, you're <laughs> dead. For like, I have like this several meter long tentacles. You yeah. touch me, no, no dice. I'm gonna lock There's you up. several other like I'm in a big giant ocean with a bunch of other jellyfish. Yeah. You're good to go. I don't need to think. It's like is that what you're saying? Like I don't need to think further than this. Yeah, this is as far as I need to go. I'm good. Exactly. I got but, it handled. I got all the bases covered. But that kind of sucks compared to like you know tigers and shit where they have to like they they don't eat for days. Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll have to like one 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 kill will have to unless serve they're in the zoo. Oh yeah, and they get regular true. meals. That's they they say they're much more comfortable in zoos because they get regular meals. They don't have to go out and hunt for them all the time. And I think that's the difference between wild salmon and and farmed salmon. Oh, I read a book about 
tuna with that too. When you farm it, it doesn't have, it doesn't, it just doesn't it, it, have, it's, apparently, it's like a couch potato. Apparently, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not as lean. It's, it's so fatter hard. and actually has less lean meat. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they're talking, I was reading Proteins a book. are different Because sushi, sushi got into this big hole. Uh, I mean, sushi just like blew up, you know. Yeah. In like the all 70s and 80s. It was super popular. So then all these fisheries started basically farmed tuna. So almost like two, there's no really, at this point, there's just no good real native tuna to be found. <laughs> All the right, tuna is pretty much farmed. Right. There's no but way. it's like, yeah. Well, the wild stuff, yeah, they probably throw it for the sushi over to Japan. But they sell it for 200 Have you seen? Have you seen, like, tuna? Like, actual, like, tuna fish. A real tuna is huge. They're huge. They're, like, the size of the Oh, studio. yeah. The bluefin tuna? They're ridiculous. Oh, oh my God. They're huge. And I'm like, like, little can of tuna? Like, versus, like, the yeah, big right? tuna. Like, the tunas that you see. Tuna? <laughs> Dude. Because I, I read a book on tuna, man. You guys don't know. People who think, oh, tuna tuna fish stuff, you like the, like, the get in the cans. No. Look at a picture of a, of a bluefin tuna. They are, they're, they're considered to be apex predators. Oh, shit. They're considered. I did a, not know that. They're apex predators. They're, they, no. We are the only people who kill bluefin tuna. Yeah, I was We're the say, only animals who kill. Us against a bluefin tuna out in the open ocean. We're done. We're done. They bluefin tuna may exceed they, they swim in, 450 kilos in weight. They may weigh over nearly half a ton. That's almost a thousand pounds. Yeah, that's a half a t- that's a half a ton of fish. coming at ass, you, man. That's a big ass fish. That's a big fish. That's bigger than a lot of dolphins. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, they're no joke, man. They're they're yeah, they are. Um, and then to just take that thing out of the water and kill it and like put it in a can. That just seems fucked up to me. Because the, the farmed ones aren't getting that big. The farmed ones are what? Maybe three feet long? Yeah, that's a beast of a fish. That is a Holy t- shit. That is a huge, right? that's a huge fish. Because We're not supposed to catch those things on a fucking line, man. You're not supposed to catch thousands and thousands of those at one time. Wow. You're supposed to... Because here's the thing. Like, is there open sushi, too, right? sushi was considered to be a delicacy. <laughs> sushi was considered to be a delicacy. And it's supposed to be something that you prepare with really, really good food. Because you don't catch tuna like this all the time. This is like, you catch a really big tuna like this. This is something that you, like, you prepare for the royal family. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. You feed the whole village with something like you that. You feed the whole village with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, and and not just one meal. We're talking like multiple, multiple. You know, you're gonna be stretching that shit out and oof. seasoning it and drying it out for for winter months and that kind of thing. And yeah, I can go a long way, man. It's a lot of meals. Blue, bluefin dive, bluefin tuna dive to depths of uh, 1,600 feet, and they could swim uh, 40, up to 40 miles an hour. Yeah, damn. Open ocean, you're done. Too low. Oh wow. Tuna, tuna will kill you. Oh, well, yeah, dude. They're, they're, they're no joke, man. That's impressive. They're just... They're, That's super yeah. impressive. Wow. And we've, and we've... I mean, most most society doesn't know anything about what a real tuna looks like, you know? They, no. They know it's the can. Yeah. Albacore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is... This is... Yeah. It's no, it, it's, it's one of the... It's one of the... I guess in terms of, like, fish, like, the, the evolution of fish... Yeah. They're one of the top fish... Oh yeah. When you think like that's, we want to make a really really top what fish with a fish, fish. Means, <laughs> that's yeah, they're the top they're one of the top top fish in the it's world. <clears throat> kingfish. Yeah, dude. They're just Yeah. Wow. Dude, half a ton, dude. Yeah. It's Apex predators. Fish. Hey man, I've had I've had fucking little 2-pound trouts put up a good fight. I can only imagine. I know, dude. You go fishing. You go fishing, and I've you're caught, like a two I've or three, three pounders. Like, dude, man. you're like <laughs> this thing's taking me over the edge of the boat. It's like this thing. Yeah, 
I'm kind of thinking, how exactly did they actually get tuna back in the day? You know, Jaws could have easily been about a tuna instead of a fucking great white shark. Would have wiped out the industry. Maybe that's what we should I do. Know, that would have been scarier. Maybe we should put out uh, that would have been fucking, much scarier. We should put out a tuna movie where the tuna's like fucking Jaws, and I'll bet fucking that's scarier, I'll man. Chicken in the I really think business. that's scarier because the tuna eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, the right? shark eyes. You know that looks like you know shark eyes. You know that looks just evil. You know, shark just yeah. looks like it's going to kill you. It's got that but a tuna mark. is like this dumb look where it's just, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. He's it's just going to like ram into your boat and be right? like, yeah. yeah and you're I, think, like, I think we could wipe out the tuna industry if we did that. And that would be better for the tuna, wouldn't it? Wait. We should start a movie. Oh, are we saying that we're wanting the tuna to fight back? I'm saying that we want the tuna to survive. <clears throat> we, They're killing them off but at such isn't a rate that right what we're, Well, so we're just growing the tuna. We're not. We're we're, oh, no. we're pretty much growing tuna. We're farming it. Yeah, we farm tuna. We we basically but still pulling those big boys out of the water. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ooh, giant squid. I don't know. Sometimes if I start thinking about Jaws when I'm knee deep in fucking Lake Tahoe, I fucking got to get out of the water. It scares the shit out of me. There's sharks in Tahoe. No, I know there's no sharks there, but I start <laughs> thinking about Jaws. And when you're knee deep in Tahoe, you're about a quarter mile out. I don't there, want so. those like Loch Ness monster in the south, man. <laughs> right. They're gonna be like in the bottom of the ocean, Dude, bottom of Lake Tahoe. Against your leg, and you were out of that water so. Fucking I gotta right. think there's gotta be something underneath, something in the bottom of Lake Tahoe. There's gotta be something in the top, in the bottom of all those big giant like mountain lakes. Oh yeah. You know, like Loch Ness. Like, there's got to be, there's got to you know, be something. I know, I know Lake Tahoe, they haven't gone down to the bottom of it because uh, I think the mafia stopped uh, Oh, Cousteau. Oh. So we're not going to be finding dead dinosaurs. No, and actually, as no. far down as they have gone, they found frozen Indians because it gets so cold, it actually uh, preserved them. So they pulled like 300, 400-year-old uh, Indians out of Lake Tahoe. But they won't let, they wouldn't let Cousteau go down because I'm thinking they're probably going to find... Uh, the Loch Ness some, monster, some mafiosos that oh. <laughs> that are just missing kind of thing. Some other non-Indian yeah, people, you know, some some concrete. You didn't want Jacques thing. Cousteau to go there because he might find some dead mafia. I don't know, man. They stopped him from going in there. He had a submarine. He was going to go down and check it all out, and they stopped him. They would not let. We him do not him. like the French. And we from Lake later, Tahoe. We do not like the French. And a few years later, they blew up Harvey's so they could remodel it. Right. Uh, mm. That wasn't an inside job. Oh, that's all. all. That's all. Yeah, that's all mafia stuff. Right? That's all mafia. So you got to think about everything that goes on up there has got to be tied to the mafia somehow or another, a little bit. Uh, probably some, probably a good portion of it still. Yeah. And good Jacques portion of it still. If wants to go to the bottom of the lake where you just stashed a whole bunch of bodies, you don't want to let him go down there. No. And I'm kind of thinking it must be tough if you're not in the mafia or not related or not, not somehow like connected somehow to yeah. rise up the ranks of being a big time baller in, in, in Vegas. Unless you're like Steve Wynn and you just have tons of money to begin with. Yeah, well, there's that. But I don't even know. I mean, they've gone pretty much legit at this point, haven't they? What, I mean, Vegas? I mean, the mafia in Vegas, yeah. Oh. What do they call themselves now? <clears throat> they don't call themselves a mob. I don't know if they ever did. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... The Nostra? I, I ba- no based, on, based on my his- my research, a.k.a. Godfather, the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tahoe was a big part of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Flamingo, the Flamingo, the Sands. Yeah. Yeah. A honey badger apparently is a, uh, a, the honey badger is apparently an apex predator. I believe it. It's honey badger don't care. Right honey badger don't care. Nope. Oh, yeah. Well, so are crocodiles, but they're, they're not, like wolverines, they're man. Honey badgers and wolverines—they're no joke. They will just like they, Dude, they will fuck you up. Yeah, they—they they don't care who they're attacking. 
You got a whole list of apex predators there. Huh? Uh, Wikipedia, dude. Are we even on there? We are on the we are on the page of apex predators. Wow. We were looking at George and I, the other George, George of the darker darker complexion. Yeah. George of the darker complexion and I, we were we were looking at this. G money. G money. G money. Call him G money. I'm G funk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a little short break after that. I'm gonna take a quick break. That that's incredible. We're gonna we're gonna stop for a few minutes on that. G funk. <laughs> What happened? No, no, no. Because that's George Clinton. George Clinton is G Funk. Yes. But you're taking. You're just taking rolled your, off my tongue. You're man. taking your name. You're, you're taking George. What? You're taking your nicknames. You're taking your nicknames off. All right. Other, we'll other me, all right of, then I'm G Spot. All right. Can I be G Spot then? <laughs> and with that. <laughs> All the stress and anxiety I put into this one person that, you know, never should have existed and just flowing. I could have just flowed with the situation and enjoyed their company, but I was intimidated by them. I was jealous of how successful and amazing they were. Um, and then upon meeting them, you just kind of realize that they're like a wholesome, good-hearted person that, you know, should be successful and should get the world. Um, and now that they're unfortunately no longer with us, I'm almost filled with a little bit of regret for um, putting anxiety into a situation where it could have been an opportunity. Um, so that song's really re resonating with me on a deeper level. Um, with that being said, um, <laughs> today's theme is about reference, introspection, and looking back. My name's Andrea. I'm your host. Um, this is Sass and Brass. We're going to get to the brass part eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe some sass sprinkled in between, but until then, hang in.
very annoying. Rule number three is cut the rules. Rule number four is this is a live studio audience. Everybody is on a microphone here. So you are on a microphone currently. Studio. Studio. Rule number five. No one gets paid except for Muni Radio. I don't like that rule. Rule number six. Pick up sticks. Rule number seven. All dogs go to heaven. Sure. Rule number eight. Andrew's not straight. Also not true. Rule number nine. Feeling fine. Rule number ten. Let's do it again. Rule number one. Fuck the rule. Alright, that's good. No, that's good. People are going to think we wrote that, but it was improv. Well, uh, yeah. If we do it every week, now it is written. Well, no. At one time, it was improv. I am mostly illiterate, and therefore cannot read or write. And so, therefore... Does this mic work? Yes, it does. Oh, I'll, written is I'll move saying. it out. Yeah, stick that out the window, bro. Stick it out the window. Stick it out the window. Yeah, it's on. Sweet. Hey, sweet. And it's like right next to the piano, too. So, you know, that's a, the thing. That's the thing. Woo! The uh, book of lore relating to the Stop it! Don't stop it! I can't stop it! I'm sorry! I don't know what Stop happened. learning! Pull around me. Uh, Justin, to counteract these facts you've been telling everybody, I need some non-facts. Give me some non-facts. Uh, Jesus was... Uh, something, huh? Jesus was from Mars! Oh! are a vegetable! Ah! A crater is when a tree grows! What? I said a crater is when a tree grows. See, I'm that I that sounds like a fact to me. <laughs> All the bachelors are married women. Ah. Eleven was an indoor, but it seemed like an outdoor job. North is the direction of green. I love it. Love it. Great. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, that one worked. That one worked. This is goddamn bullshit. The bit was that everything I was doing was wrong, you son of a bitch. All right. So what are we doing first, Justin? Uh, who's answering Sweet Girls Call? Let's do... Uh, we did 185 last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do Back in My Day. All right. Here's how it works. It's a group game. Stand up, sit down, don't give a fuck. If you're not near a microphone, you might not be heard. If you're just... Well, you might be heard. We'll see when we listen to this later. All right, suggestion. Back in my day, we didn't have... Blank. Joke. Got it? Good. Gravy. <laughs> gravy. Let's do gravy. Gravy? Gravy. Uh, <laughs> gravy. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have gravy. If you wanted something thick and gross, uh, you'd talk to your math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. There wasn't a cool way to say it's all good. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. And if you had chicken stock, well, then you were in trouble because the market's down. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have gravy, and the only thing that surrounded potatoes was hardship. Gravy. <laughs> 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 Uh, back in my day, we didn't have gravy. The only thing that got gross when it sat in the boat was pirates. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have gravy, and the only stuffing we had was in that bear on the wall, damn it. All right, that's 
Stuffing. I don't know what happened. Gravy. Is it still Rosie Matthews? Yeah. Stuffing. God damn it. New thing. New thing. Back in my day, we didn't have. Back in my day, we didn't have boxes. The only thing we put people in was the cell. Nope. Back back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and the only thing you had to check was your white privilege. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have boxes. We buried people in pyramids. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag history. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and trains were just made out of Tupperware cars. <laughs> I don't know, that might have sounded a little bit like G-Money there, talking about back in my day. Back in his day. What happened back in his day? I don't know. Actually, I have no... Well, I'm not mistaken, I think George is like a year older, a couple years older than I am, so back in our day... I have no idea. What the fuck happened in our... Man. Man. Younger days. ATMs. Oh, ATMs. That was a good... That was a... Yeah. Back in my day, I did not know what ATMs were. Yeah. I mean, there was a... I mean, well... I mean, I got an allowance, and I had cash. So I had cash on hand. Feel free to sit down if you want. Yeah. So I had cash on hand, but I didn't actually, like, have... Like a checking account, like a, like an ATM card. You know, I didn't have that until later on. Yeah, they didn't have ATMs when when I was younger. So you get paid on Friday, and a lot of bars would cash a check. Oh, there you go. The good old like it's Friday. So you'd have cash, but if if you miss that, if they didn't have any money left, because they'd go out and they bring in. Oh, 60, that's right. You had, like to, you had to be the first in line, otherwise the bounce of checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, otherwise they didn't have the money to, to cover. Especially it. in your line of work. Yeah, you had to, like you well, had to I was, be. I was a mechanic back then yeah. before ATMs. <laughs> no, but you still had to be like, yeah, you're like paycheck to paycheck, basically. Well, yeah. Well, you you need the cash in hand. It could last you the weekend. So yeah. Saturday night, if you're out, you know, guys were running around. Hey, can I borrow twenty? Hey, can I borrow twenty? You know, and twenty would go a lot longer, mm. a lot further back then. But mm-hmm. still, you know, yeah, crazy times, man. You couldn't buy a long neck unless you were in a bar. Bars were the only places that carried long necks, and they were all returnable bottles when I was younger. So they saved all those bottles. Wow. And they would return them and get get the deposit on them. And- oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and they just cash them in for the next set of bottles that were coming in. You know. What so the, the, beer, hell are the, beer, the beer delivery services took the bottles with them too, the empties. Wow, reused them. Yeah, different world, man. Holy crap! Well, these are ants. These are ants that are also apex predators. Oh shit! Driver ants. There are a large genus of army ants found in Africa. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, that's a different world, man. Wow. Apex predator. They're, they're considered an apex predator. Oh, wow. Don't take out a grown man. They're, these ants are considered to be apex predators. That's that's badass. Well, basically, apex predators mean that no one no one hunts them. Hunts them. They hunt others. They're at the top. They're at the top of the ant chain, dude. Yeah. What is that? Well, they're taking out cattle. I've seen like I've seen danger documentaries where, where ants will literally they'll take out like yeah yeah they'll just. No, and, they'll, and they'll commit suicide, say, creating a bridge for like the rest of them to get behind. Ant, and they'll like they'll take 
And they'll take like a freaking uh, big giant mantis, right? Yeah. They'll they'll swarm the mantis. Yes. They'll literally swarm the mantis, kill it, and they just like break it up in pieces and then they'll take it back. Carry it around. They'll just carry, <laughs> carry it, it back. Away. They'll carry the whole thing. <laughs> this mantis, no, it's like one one guy against like 50, 100, just like basically swarming him. He's dead. They'll just take him back. Yeah. And I see these documentaries where they're just like, one ant will take this big giant stick because you know how like powerful, how strong ants are. They'll yeah. carry like 50 times their weight. Yeah. So see this little ant taking this big giant stick of grass and like rows and rows. It's just basically like an assembly line, just basically going back and forth. Crazy. And it's incredible. It is incredible, isn't it? Apparently, what happens is that there's, what is these ants? Some of these ants, the, how they feed is that they actually grow fungus inside. Their yeah. anthill yeah. in the bottom. Like we'll a, feed it. It's like mushrooms and shit. Yeah, they'll basically will they'll, they'll feed the the fungus. The fungus will grow and they'll eat the fungus. They'll feed the fungus with all the with all the grass and stuff they find on the outside, yeah. and then they eat the fungus. <laughs> so it's, they're basically yeah they basically farm their own fungus. Yeah, that's that that. It's incredible. And if, and if there if there's any truth to fungal intelligence, then they're just getting smarter every time. Hey, they, they here's eat the that thing shit, though. Right? But the thing is that fungus. I mean, here's a. You may want to be, I mean, you may not necessarily want to be eaten, but you want your genes to continue. So yes. you want those ants to basically feed you because you get, you, yeah, you, that's how you survive. It's a symbiotic relationship. Dude. Crazy shit, huh? Well, man, ants are just, ants are just, they're no joke, dude. Mother, Mother Nature put this all, put all this shit together all in one way, and then we came and fucked everything up, and now everything's falling apart. What oh, man. <laughs> uh, we should never have invented fire. Yeah, yeah the invention of fire. Is we should never want. have invented fire. That was, that was just, that was the end of it. Warm meat was a bad idea. Damn. More meat. Oh, I don't know about that. Warm, warm meat. Warm meat? What? Well, we were eating it oh, all raw before you. that, right? Oh, the if, lions. If we're eating meat at all. Oh, there you go. Woo. Lion's mane jellyfish. The largest known. Largest known. Wow, Ooh. these are lot. These, dude, jellyfish can grow to be big, big. Big. Oh, tentacles. A largest recorded specimen found washed in Massachusetts, Massachusetts Bay had a bell, crown of size, seven feet. A die in diameter. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy shit. That'll eat you. <laughs> and That's tentacles a hundred and tentacles hundred and twenty one feet long. Yeah, it's not something you want to swim next to. Seven foot six. That's that's like it's the height of the that's, 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 that's like the height of the ceiling that's in here. That's Shaq that's Shaquille O'Neal. That's the height of the ceiling in here, man. Yeah. Okay. So imagine a, a so imagine a, you're looking up. We're looking up the ceiling, and imagine a jellyfish with a head, basically the size of the front window there. Basically the size of the window that we're looking at. <laughs> that is the size of the jellyfish head. That's, that's the mushroom head. <laughs> I'm not going after that man. That is a. I, that, no. I'm not going near anything that size. Yeah. Um, and, and tentacles 121 feet long. 121 feet. Is that like? That's like a what's what's how long is a city that's, block? That's like forty yards. So I'm saying it's about the length of this block here to to Bryant, huh? From Florida to Bryant, it's got to be about 120 feet, man. That's a big fucking animal. <laughs> what do you feed something like that? Plankton, man. The the, so, the whale, the whale, the whales. So, Most whales they eat the small ass plankton. Right. Yeah, they're just basically it's like basically you're feeding as if we had just been feeding off pumpkin seeds for like our entire lives. Oh, but these pumpkin even, seeds are the most nutritious shit ever. Right. 
but even smaller than pumpkin seeds. Huh? I know. Yeah, it basically they've been eating like the, wow. Yeah, Cheebus. Yeah, it's like a fine powder, basically. Cheebus. Maybe uh, yeast powder. I don't know. Wow. Oh. Oh, the lion's mane jellyfish appears in the Sherlock Holmes short story, The Adventure of the Lion's Mane. Ah, they find out who actually killed the guy. Huh. Ah. Ah. Fucking Sherlock. Predators of the lion. Oh, wow. So people. So there others do eat them. Okay. Fish. Well, seabirds. Larger seabirds. Larger fish. So they still an apex predator if they're getting uh, munched on by by birds. I guess it's the sense where uh, outside, I mean, I, you know, birds come from the outside. Well, yeah, they're in air and they're in water. Interesting. Huh. Huh. That's I guess they, well, what is the definition? I gotta say, I learned something on a Sunday morning. That never happens. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess <laughs> they you. could. I guess, I guess, I guess they're not considered to be apex. Huh. Oh, oh, the lion's mane jellyfish, as long as it remains in cold oceanic waters out of the range of the leatherback turtle and the ocean sunfish. Oh. As long as it remains outside the, outside the, outside the range of its two predators, <laughs> it is an apex predator. <laughs> wow. Huh. Well, that, 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 that makes, makes a lot of sense difference. that way. So as if l- you keep a goldfish in its, in its own little aquarium, it's it is an apex, apex predator. <laughs> until, until you feed it to another fish, and then it's not. Once you put it in another tank... <laughs> That's a circle of life, my friend. That is a circle so of life. Crickets, crickets could be apex <laughs> predators until you put them in a cage with well, a Well, you basically right? are setting up your own food chain. You're like a yeah. closed-off food chain hey, here. I'm an apex predator in a safe way. That's about you, as far well, as it goes. Wow. <laughs> Depends on your time of day. There could be others who are just more apex than you. Yeah, I could still get a bacterial infection in there, and then I'm not oh, an apex predator oh. anymore, am I? Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, no. We know who the real apex predator there is, too. Right. Well, tiger, saltwater crocodile. Yeah, saltwater crocodile is a bad. <laughs> saltwater croc. She gets near a boot factory. Dude, this guy. Saltwater croc can reach. Uh, mm, males can reach sizes up to 20 feet and 23 feet in length. That was a big issue down in Costa Rica. Mm. Don't go swimming because they swim in saltwater and freshwater, I believe. So if you were too close to the to the ocean in the rivers, you would have an issue with the crocodiles getting they they munched a few kids while I was down there. This model is named Sweetheart. Not a girl. There you go. Why well, would I, I, yeah you, you gotta think like museum curators yeah. have a sense of humor. <laughs> they have a sense of humor. Sweetheart, name of a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Fluffy. saltwater crocodiles have been around for Fluffy. they've been around for millions of years. The earliest fossil is about four to five million years. Yeah, so they've been around. Wow, really? They were top of the food chain until we got a brain. So they weren't around with the time of the dinosaurs. I mean, crocodiles have been around. Crocod like reptiles like of these sorts, but not oh, yeah. like not that specific uh, brand. No, as it were. Wow. But they've been around for, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's an impressive run, man. Impressive thing where, yeah, they, there, there are certain weak parts about a crocodile, but again, with the whole thing with evolution, they stop there. You're good with a saltwater crocodile. Yeah. That's just tough. You're, you're, yeah, we're you're solid. Good. We're good you're, for now. You're good. You live in the salt water. <laughs> Stick this out until something changes, and then we'll, we'll adjust to that. Yeah, but you're not going to be adjusting. You know, it's pretty good. You're pretty badass a saltwater crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, yeah. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. Once you keep the line going long enough, they don't need to adjust, right? I I think that's the kind of like so that was the this issue with the whole working. brain. Like what was there a need, an evolutionary need for us to grow bigger brains? What well, if you go to Terrence McKenna, he's saying it actually It wasn't a need. It was it just was, kind of like it was, it was just kind of it was a reaction. It was an accident. Had, it was know? kind of a, a fortunate accident. Yeah. And then we just dug it so much we kept doing it. <laughs> there you go. Over millions and millions. There you go. Well, I mean, you had to hunt. You couldn't just like be spending like mushrooms <clears throat> and just be like bombed for like eight hours. No, unless although unless they were microdosing and they were using well, that yeah to, like, microdosing. So microdosing to make their microdosing will allow increased acuity in your eyesight, increased increased sensual, sensory awareness. All you know, everything. All it is involved. a little bit like basically if you take small doses of shrooms, it's basically like being high. It's the same, almost the same effect. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to do that. I used to put a put a little stem between my cheek and gum when I want to go out drinking. I didn't want to get fucked up, but I wanted no. to raise my raise yeah, my just you know just raise my my well being. <laughs> just, just expand, me, man. You know, and it it really was. It, you know, I could still talk to people and like maintain, and I wasn't oh, yeah. paranoid. But I could, you know, but the colors were a little brighter. Uh, it was a little more intense. Uh, uh. You know, tasted better. Women looked better. Oh my. Oh God. Man. Oh, man. See, see, everything is a little bit better, and then people are like, "Why do you do it? Because it just makes things better." I I figure I got to do it at least once every six months to a year just to like clear out the cobwebs and straighten <laughs> myself out and it, it is a reset you know and it's, I've uh, always looked I at hear it that you. way I hear you, you I know? hear you I mean when I was sixteen the first time I tried them I I took it that way and and I, mean, I don't know if it's because I approached it with that attitude to begin with but uh, I've always just considered it something I needed to do to clear out the cobwebs every mm, once in a while and just this put everything in yeah. perspective you know yeah yeah no interesting because a lot of times with hallucinogens and a lot of those things I mean. Yeah, for me, it was. Uh, it's important to have a good intention when you're going into it, like set, yeah, setting and stuff. Yeah, gotta be in the right headspace. Gotta be. Yeah, right and it's kind of like I just usually would 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 ha- would take shrooms just to uh, just to hang out, just to chill, and just to be in a good mood. But I think it's more than that. You gotta have to like have a good reason for it. Like you're you're going to eat this for like to do this for like a definitive reason. And yeah. So that kind of helps when you have that intention in your mind. I think it's the shrooms that will help cultivate that or manifest that which if you, you want. if you approach it with that perspective yeah, yeah. Then, then you're gonna take out of it what you need for that perspective right yeah um i think when i was a kid i was doing it f- just because everything was a lot brighter and i was you know just laughing your stomach would hurt for a day and a half after that because you laughed so much the whole time really right? i never i never laughed that hard really no oh, no dude. last time i was sh- like when i sh- oh like probably the well i've had Maybe a, I've had a it, few interesting <laughs> stream experiences like one one stream experience was um Oh yeah, one time was at Berkeley, and another time was we went from Berkeley to the Castro. Last year it had Halloween on on Bart. No, no, no. You know, back back in the old like Castro used to have these huge Halloween parties. Oh yeah, it used to be a great time. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. Shooting or stabbing or both. I went to la- I went to the last one on. Was, sh- I went to the last Halloween party on shrooms. That was heavy. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> you're telling me. a lot me. of bright, flashy lights when the cops showed up. I huh? kind of sort of don't really remember what the fuck happened. But, you know, there were like a lot. But it was interesting when I got back. Um, third time I was on shrooms, I was a, with a friend. We were in Santa Cruz. And we were supposed to watch Lord of the Rings. All three movies. Ooh. And we, like my friend had gotten bootlegs from his frat brother, who was like this prince in Thailand. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently the bootlegs <laughs> didn't work. 
It did, did not work. So the first fight, when we like put in the DVD, first five minutes start to freeze, and yeah. we had already eaten the shrooms, and so we we're already feeling the effects, and then like we're like. Dude, what the heck is gonna happen? We're gonna do for like the next nine hours, now, man. I thought dude. we were supposed to be watching this, and it's like try the second one. No, third one. No. So we're like, all right, that's out. You're freaking, you're freaking <laughs> frat brother who's like super rich and says, oh, we got this bootlegs of Lord of the Rings, and he gets us the crap ass versions of it. Like, don't even work. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. <laughs> That's where your princely. Sure that you still had an adventure, though, right? It's not. Well, yeah, we sat there and we started to let it take effect. We were sitting on the outside of uh, of his uh, of his fraternity like house porch, and I'm like, all right, after an hour, they were like, "What do you want to do?" Or let's go to like so the, like the frat frat house is like another house. Yeah. So let's go to the other house. It's like they call it the Alamo. Let's go to the Alamo. We'll just go to the other house and see if some of his frat brothers are there. So we're walking over there, and we go, there's a guy, there's one of his frat brothers who's playing World of Warcraft. And, yeah, my, like, we go into his, to the friend's room, and my friend is just so, like, it's like, basically like that. Oh, just absorbed. He's just, it's like that, <laughs> except you have, like, orcs and humans all fighting everything, and we're yeah. on shrooms, and it looks like, it looks like that. It just looks like a morphing. Yeah, and it's, it's basically for the next 15 minutes, he's so thoroughly absorbed in watching his friend it's, play Warcraft. It's hypnotic, dude. Yeah, and what happens is that I'm in the, the guy's bedroom, and the carpet, the carpet starts to swirl. Yeah, yeah dude. Now we're talking. And there is this, on. there's this rusty pan. For whatever reason, there's a rusty pan on the floor, and the rust marks start to swirl. Woo! Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, That's, and that, that was good for like a good 20, 30 minutes, right? Yeah. Well, and then we were like, okay. It was probably more like five. It just felt like 20 or 30 Yeah, and then like, okay, I'm kind of done like looking at these patterns in the floor. Yeah. So basically, we just hung out for like next several hours, just basically baked out of our, baked out of our gourd. Yeah. But then it started to feel like really crappy towards the end of the night. So basically, I started quite, like terrible cramps, right? Oh yeah. So basically, drink a whole gallon of milk. Basically, we had yeah because it's it's toxic and you have, the yeah, milk yeah, helps yeah. helps the helps yeah, the recover. Yeah, I can dig it. Well, so yeah, this is we're in Santa Cruz and we have to go back to San Francisco. Oh. Have you ever driven? Have you ever driven from Santa Cruz oh, down? Plenty of times. Down yeah. to Santa Cruz Mountains. Yes. At night. Oh yeah. On shrooms. Not on shrooms yet. No, but you... That's something I'm going to have to try, though. <laughs> I don't recommend driving on shrooms. No, do not. I do not no recommend... Means. We do I, not... We do not... No, we do not condone anybody. driving under the influence, but you really, really, if you want to, you should really try it at night going down the Santa Cruz Mountains, which is a very a nice, winding one... Nice what clear path. Get a bicycle if you have to, skateboard. Use your hazard lights, please. <laughs> Use your hazard lights. I will tell you, though... When I got back, I dropped off my friend, and I got back home, I took a shower. That shower was the best fucking shower. Oh, did you have a beer, too? No, 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 no. Oh, you didn't have a but beer, you shower I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, so I don't drink, I don't drink alcohol. Oh, okay. Well, shower, but if I shower did, beer's good. Oh, but the shower after you're recovering from Dude, the it's shroom. Like, it's like you just, it's like a rebirth, man. You're it like is. It's totally off. like you've just been, like, rejuvenated. <sighs> Dude, on, a shower on mushrooms is even that is even mm. <laughs> it's mm. that because I was recovering and it was just kind of like I was feeling kind of sick and iffy. It's like you kind of want to go into a warm yeah yeah and it's oh, just like dude oh, just, I felt I felt recovered that big warm hug that just yeah. washes everything away yeah 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 <laughs> but that I mean here's the thing you kind of have to go through like an hour of like feeling like crap yeah 
but it, it's good. Oh, it's good before. That, and it's that's good how after. it is with anything, though. I mean, it, you really don't realize how much you appreciate something until you've gone to the other, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you mean, know? that that was one of the best. Well, I, it's like I can't I, say. I've, I've been to Burning Man more. Than, oh wow, more than I can count on two hands. Mm. So you you end up the first few years you don't have a shower. You know, I ended up getting on with a camp that had a shower. But even that, you know, when you're there for 13 days, you can only take so many showers. And then inevitably, the second you step out and you're drying yourself off, your hair's still wet and a dust storm kicks in. And now you got mud hair. (laughs) And, you know, and I remember the first few years, like 10 days out, you know, I'm doing baby wipes for the, you know, just for cleanliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you get out of there and you go and you have a steak. And you take a shower and a real shower, and you got a regular bathroom instead yeah. of a porta potty. Mm-hmm. It's like the best thing in the world, man. It's no, like, dude. You're, yeah, you, when you're roughing it, so much better for the better at that point. You're just like, oh my god. When you're god. roughing it, you're roughing it yeah. for that. Yeah, and then you got toilet paper. You don't and have toilet paper, or baby scalp's wipes. Itchy from all the dirt on it, and you're just like, ugh. And you get in that shower, and it's just, ugh. I know. It doesn't matter that it turns cold. You're still just like, oh. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Beer may not necessarily be my my, my drink of choice, but but in the morning, coffee. And a good cup of coffee. Oh, okay. I mean, I I didn't drink coffee until I started to have to work like early 5 a.m. shifts. Like I used to do like 5.30 5.30 morning shifts. So then I, and I was making coffee. So I was working cafeteria. So I had to make the coffee. I was like, okay, I'm tired. I think I should drink the coffee too. Yeah. So that's well, you that's what to test it. You gotta make yeah. sure it's good. Well, I had to actually keep awake too. But it's after this point where it could be the crappiest shitty coffee. Like you go to a hotel room and it's like the 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 Kona blend that they make the instant stuff that they yeah. make for you to leave for you. Even that will taste good to me if it's the first cup of coffee in the day. If there's nothing, if there's nothing else. That like Folgers instant it's, crystals it's, it's be what's like gonna do it for you. Well, you're not you're not going for taste. You're going for effect, right? Well, yeah, it's but it's like also me and beer. I'm not drinking beer to be yeah, social. I drink no. for effect. But the, yeah, but <laughs> the thing is that it it's not as if, but it's almost as if that Pabst Blue Ribbon is the fucking best freaking beer you've ever tasted. <laughs> Okay, that <laughs> yeah, doesn't right. happen. It doesn't yeah. happen. But that Folgers, yeah. Folgers Instant Crystals, <laughs> is, is the PBR be, uh, is the PBR I, of coffee. I remember <laughs> I, I was I was sub teaching. I was doing substitute teaching over down Palo Alto, and one of the teachers is a huge coffee buff. Right? He like, and and I I remember like, oh man, I, I didn't have any call. I didn't have like Starbucks stuff. I had to like drink Folgers, and he's like. <laughs> he gave you that dead stare like, like are you okay what's the matter with he you just, he was just shocked he was like yeah. <laughs> as if as if somebody had like threw down like a, an earthquake alert yeah. and you were like wait, wait 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 what the fuck happened yeah Neanderthal man just showed up you uncivilized beast drinking Folgers oh here's yeah it was interesting because <laughs> yeah he uh, eventually I was corrected because apparently I, this is what I learned earlier when I was making coffee was the darker the roast the less caffeine because oh. because they take more time to roast they'll roast out more of the caffeine oh, no that's kidding. that's a general rule of thumb so that would Later, be the same coffee beans just different roasts so for example when you look at breakfast blends they tend to be light roast huh. versus italian and french roast which are usually coffees you would serve in the evening they are dark roast huh Yes, but what happens? So that's why. And they, espresso looks like an awfully dark roast to me. And they they tend to, but it, but they they're they're, they're made differently. It, they're more concentrated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but 
technically that's that's on a very like minuscule level so technically the amount of caffeine that's really burned away from dark roast is is not as it's much cool. is not as much as you would think it to be right but um yeah so technically it's it's very minuscule so you would still probably get the same amount of buzz from a from a from a breakfast blend as you would a french roast but for me it basically i remember people would coming in at like 11 30 at night hmm. and like give me the strongest coffee you got and I'm like, you mean strongest by flavor or strongest by by like caffeine? By caffeine. You you want a jolt? Do you want to? Because a, a French roast is a strong coffee. It tastes it tastes it's, very it's strong. A very strong flavor. It very tastes From what very I strong. I don't so, drink coffee. So no, but it, it was, yeah, basically I'm most. I'm talking about uh, beer. You talk about coffee. We need, neither of us knows what the. Oh, no, but basically it's like <laughs> well, basically it's like the Guinness. It's like Guinness. It's a very okay. dark, very very flavorful, but it's. It's not a pale ale, you know. No, no. So it's like, some, well, me, some meal well, in a bottle. Oh, okay, a Guinness and a pale ale are two different things. It's like you put them together as a black and tan, but it, that, that's, right, that's a whole right. other thing. Beer and I, coffee are. Like, I okay. get what you're saying here. I, yeah. I understand you. I'm picking yeah, up. What yeah, you're yeah. Down. So I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know whose fault is that. Is that yours or mine? <laughs> I think it might be me. It's always know. me. Whoever, whoever <laughs> actually put the thing that was being stepped on. Cheers. I can't smell shit either. <laughs> Me neither. I think that's a good thing. Sometimes it could, sometimes it could be a, a good thing. A lot of times thing. it works out for the best. Yeah, if you're like, you know, if you don't have a sense of smell and your job is, you know, working in septic tanks. Yeah. <clears throat> plumber. Or a plumber. Yeah. You know what? Waistline. Although I tend to think that it could be that line of work. That could have caused, you know, your maybe, your your, your maybe olfactory that's evolution, senses. That's evolution, right there. Oh, <laughs> right. You funny. gotta make some sacrifices, bud. <laughs> the human body's gotta uh, make some sacrifices. Oh, uh, you got your plumber's card. Yeah, so we're gonna get rid of your sense of smell real quick, dude. The, I, I kind of wonder if that really senses. really happens. If it really like over like if you met a plumber after like forty years, they just can't smell anything. It's one of those things you get used to after a while too. You know, it's just like anything else. But it, doesn't that kind of suck? It does, but that's growing up too. I mean, they say shit that's funny to a three-year-old, or shit that's funny to an eighty-year-old, are two completely different beasts. Because you know your senses get dull, duller yeah. as you age. No, I'm just saying, like, it would suck for it to be in a job that over time you lose a sense of, you lose a certain kind of uh, you one lose of your senses, a physical sense in any yeah. way. Yeah. What? Well, Which I mean. Oh, oh, that Guess reminds Jack me. Hammer, jackhammers lose fingers all the time because they just rattle them off. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you hear, have you heard about uh, 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 the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, well, they say it's, it's located in this uh, Ethiopian temple. I did not. So there's uh, located in your so brain. So Gra- Graham Hancock. Have you ever heard of Graham Hancock? I've he, heard the name, yeah. Where do I know that from? He's a, he was a British journalist. He used to write for The Economist uh, in East Africa. He used to be their correspondent in East Africa. And then he hear, heard reports that this temple in Ethiopia, this church in Ethiopia, has the Ark of the Covenant. The actual Ark of the Covenant. The, the effing Ark of the Covenant. Like really? the, the like, Jewish Ark of the Covenant where right. it was like, yeah. That Moses came down and yeah, put the yeah, yeah. fucking and tablets they put the in. Co- yeah. commandments in. Yeah, that Ark. Huh. They don't know what the hell the Ark of the Covenant is. They are, if you watch Ancient Aliens and all that, they see the Ark of the Covenant is, a, is an alien device or a really high technological device. And Jim Carrey's saying that it's, uh, it's in your brain. It's in that... Uh... Oh, it's a metaphorical Ark. Yes. And it's actually shaped like the Ark. Supposedly, if yeah. You look at the and then there's like two. There's like four angels inside your head. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that he hears. So Graham Hancock, <laughs> he actually, well, he basically ends up being this investigative journalist after this book. It's called this, the 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 sign and the seal, where he investigates and he sees that there are these caretakers 
in the church. They are appointed. They basically, they are chosen to look over the Ark of the Covenant. What happens is that the Ark, supposedly, these caretakers are caretakers for life. And once they're chosen, they're chosen. You can't go back. In fact, there's like a guy, one of them was supposedly ran away after he was chosen to be the caretaker. Then they had to drag him back. They had to drag him back and force him to be the caretaker. No shit. But what happens is that they live there for life and they die. They live and they die there. And they get cataracts. <clears throat> over the years. So Graham Hancock would be over several years talking to this one guy and he's slowly glowing, going blind. And they're like, why are you going blind? What happened? Why are you getting these cataracts? Because it's the Ark. The Ark is turning him blind. How is that possible? Um, nuclear energy? Yeah. <clears throat> nuclear energy say, can cause... It's, it's, nuclear po- it's nuclear radiation poisoning. It's radiation, it's radiation poison, poisoning yeah. that's causing the cataracts. And he's saying, the Ark is a thing of fire. That's the translation of the guy at the church, the caretakers. Like, it is a thing of fire. So, yeah. so they found some radioactive waste. And so it's not a radioactive waste. It is, they don't know, because they waste. don't let anybody look into it, but they believe it is a box of some sort of powerful nuclear, of some nuclear device, electromagnetic nuclear device of some sort. Oh, shit. And they don't know what it does. They don't know what it does, but it's kept there. And... Basically, the caretakers are there to make sure that nobody touches it. And how many years ago was Moses supposedly bringing this thing down from the mountain? I no, mean, well, that's we thousands of years, but the Ark itself, that Ark apparently disappeared after the Babylonian Babylon, Babylonians came in and, and destroyed the church, destroyed Jerusalem. Then they came down, they destroyed Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant was, disappeared. They don't know where it went after that. Huh. So they've been looking for the Ark of the Covenant ever since. Since the Mesopotamians. Yeah, Indiana, Indiana Jones it. found it, apparently. <laughs> he found it. Indiana Jones found it. Yeah, and it okay. turned all, all the Nazis into... They melted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, he did find it. I don't know if it was in Africa, but Indiana Jones found the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and, and they, so and they stuck in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, buried with everything <laughs> On a else. tangent. <laughs> the, by the way, that happened in the 1940s. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Indiana Jones is a character in the 1940s, yeah. so that's a little bit more beforehand. Uh, but anyway, Ark of the so we're talking about. Prof- I was just thinking about because we were talking about professions in which people lose loses lose a sense of themselves. Yeah. So there was that the caretaker of the Ark of the Covenant, that, huh? they lose their sight. And it's like, so it was interesting because he was asking, like, how come there's no governments who decide to, like, just go after this church? Go after this church and take the freaking thing. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they're drilling from the bottom up. They're just going to suck no, the whole thing into it, there's a hole. Sense, there's just this the, the sense that uh, the Ethiopian government refuses to let anybody, any other government, come near it. And basically, the Ethiopian government itself will not touch it. It's like this is his own thing in the middle of the freaking desert and Let's nobody just, just leave it be. We just leave it be. And it's like, here's the thing. If it's something of that power, that over time it will just literally cause you to go blind. And it's like nobody touches it. It's a huge power of like electromagnetic nuclear whatever. Yeah. You don't want to touch it. I mean, it's best to even think how like the United States we have what is our current nuclear stockpile? <laughs> How many do we have? Like, tw- like tens of thousands of nuclear weapons. And the idea is, we don't know where it is. Just like the Ark of the Covenant. We really, like, most people don't know where those nuclear weapons are. No. We have caretakers who are appointed, and pretty much they're probably there, like, 
sworn in secrecy for a good number of years, and then that's it. They don't know. They don't tell anybody where it is. We don't touch our nuclear stockpile. Nobody touches our nuclear stockpile. We don't even touch our nuclear stockpile. Right. But we know we have it, and it's already the sense where, hey, we don't want to use it, and we don't want to have to have to like get involved in any sort of conflict that may involve having to deal with who owns it or who holds it. You know, it's like saying like if we had if the Ark of the Covenant was something similar to a nuclear weapon. You don't want anybody to touch that. No. Nobody. No. No. What if it's giving people, making people blind? That's a whole other. That's an interesting. That is, I mean. I mean, our nuclear weapons. I'm sure they're behind a big wall of uh, lead, so that the guys watching it aren't going blind. Either. Uh, yeah. 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 Man, our, you really know how to work that computer thing, huh? Oh, uh, it was typing class. Oh, you can type. Look at you. They had me go. do typing class back when I was at uh, West Portal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I was uh, my typing class at Reardon was uh, the old fucking typing. <laughs> type oh, I had Apple IIe. Oh, look at you. Oh yeah, with old Mac, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. why I can't type and uh, you can't. Dude, when I went to we Lowell, had to hammer mine. When we dude. had when we went to Lowell, we still had like old for like when everybody had Pentium twos and like Pentium threes. Oh, we still old? Had old. We had old school Pentiums, dude. Like, we I was had on no a Royal. Funding. I was we on had... a Royal mechanical typewriter learning how to type, man. Yeah, that's we had no, we had type. no money. We had no funding. We had the smart kids, but it's because that's why we got no funding because the city just believed that we just we, we, you guys were self sustaining. We were self sustaining. We just pull ourselves out of our boots. We would yeah. actually make our own bootstraps, <laughs> and we would pull themselves. We would pull ourselves out of with our own bootstraps. So we made Mustangs. Not even, not even a metaphor. We used that. Actual bootstraps. What is low? Are they the Mustangs? No. We are the Lincoln's the Mustangs. The Cardinals. They? The Cardinals. We took our we took our we've taken our uh, mascot from Stanford. Ah. Uh, so when Stanford were the Indians, we were the Indians. You sure. And then when they became the Cardinal, we were like, no, that is not we are not a singular cardinal. We are a plural, so we're cardinals. <laughs> Stanford's Stanford, their their mascot is the Cardinal. The singular. Bird. The bird. No. No, like, singular, like the direction. Oh, it's like the oh, I didn't even think that way. I yes. was thinking like it's either like like it's Catholic, the, the Stanford like a cardinal, cardinal, like the cardinals well, yeah, are above it, the. It uh, could be similar to that, but it's thing. like the cardinal, like the the, the northern direction, like the, yeah. the main major direction. Yeah, the rose, the, the rose. Yeah, the cardinal. Yeah, so they are the cardinal, and their mascot is a tree. By the way, I went to Berkeley, so I'll hate <laughs> on Stanford whenever Stanford is whenever I can. Ferd, F-U-R-D. That's how you pronounce it. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. It how you pronounce it. I don't know. Stanford. Who the heck is that guy? No. The Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church claims to possess the Ark of the Covenant. It's currently kept under guard in a treasury near the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion. Um, so Orthodox. What uh, what does that entail exactly? So they're uh, Christian, but they're the Ethiopian not, uh, Orthodox. They're not Catholics. They believe in a much older right, version but is, of Right, is it anything like Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox mm. along those lines? Where mm. the, uh, is the largest the Oriental Orthodox Christian churches. It is similar to that. Yeah, yeah Ori- so the, Oriental? Oriental Orthodox, yep. And yeah. they're, they're actually in Africa. It's one of the other Orthodox churches. Yeah, there's plenty of Orthodox churches out there. Yeah, yeah. It broke away from Christianity way back. Yeah, then. so they're one, they're one of the older, older Orthodox churches because we're talking about like Coptic churches, Ethiopian, Syria, like old, old school, old yeah. school. So they, they still have so, some. So they believe they in the Archbishop take, of Constantinople as opposed to the, the Pope. They probably have their own, and they probably believe in a lot of like still a lot of ancient Jewish customs that are like still from the early days of Christianity. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
Wait, where is this? Okay. In his 1992 book, The Sign of the Seal, British writer Graham Hancock suggests that the Ark spent several years in Egypt before it came to Ethiopia, where it was kept in the islands of Lake Tana and finally taken to Aksum. <clears throat> well, two archaeologists uh, say that is a bunch of hogwash. Although, but anyway, well. Huh. That's interesting. Well, in 2009, the patriarch of the Orthodox Church said he would unveil the Ark of the Covenant, but then the next day said he would not. But then he would attest to his current status. So, <laughs> yeah. So, they that they believe that, so this is, this book would, book suggests that the Ethiopian Church, they believe that they have the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it's making people blind, it's something powerful, right? Yeah. That's interesting. That would suck to be the guardian of that shit, though. I mean, yeah, dude. Maybe like a, a virgin every year or something like, you know, I mean, who knows what they do in Ethiopia? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to watch this, but check it out. We're going to feed you like oh a king, God. and we're going to have women fucking thrown on you. And, you know, oh, it's Easter again. Here, Here's your new girl. <laughs> well, I suppose if you're blind. Wait, I don't know. Wait, what? Yeah, well. Could you really tell? It's a young thing. Could you really tell? Right. That's not her mom. That's the one we're telling you about. <laughs> Just like put in a different perfume. Put in a whole different perfume you don't even know. And so you can't even tell. There you go. Can't even tell. Lustein's on it. Uh, oh, my God. Join, join next time for me and any, any kind of George. Any, any George, any time. We feel like a guest star, George. George the <clears throat> Yeah, So what's interesting about that, I mean, here's the thing with Graham Hancock, if people are, are, yeah. This is another thing that George, did the other George with the darker complexion refuse to talk to me, talk about. He did not like talking about Graham Hancock and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was talking with G Money about Graham Hancock, and he's like, I don't like talking about this stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, these are the things that I like talking about, and I'm like reading about. G Money just like G Money is like I don't know, no. So he was really? like, oh, let me talk about um, fingerprints of the gods. This is Graham Hancock's next book, which talks about the pyramids and talks about. So if you're interested in all this like ancient civilization stuff, it's getting crazy out there. What they're saying is going on, man. Oh, oh, oh! The thing with like the pyramid and Giza. Civilization and there's yeah. they're saying that there's a a void. There is a blank spot in the middle of the pyramid. Like they don't know what's like what's there. What's there? It's it's a yeah. It's it could like a be void. a stargate. Well, what happens is they don't people well, don't know people, the, people don't the know who actually built the pyramids nobody knows who built the pyramids there's also the theory of the Giza power plants you've heard that one yeah? yes I have so that's that the pyramids themselves going, are power plants yes yes, yes I've heard that too because they're I've heard all these theories it's crazy shit I've heard all of these theories um, yeah, because were, because it's the belief that you know there was a civilization before us a human civilization before us that was way way more technologically advanced yeah they probably had this just on a whole other level and they probably lit the sky on fire and they didn't go underground so they fucking disappeared well, I think probably what happened was that they caused their own destruction yeah and that's, that's what happened I mean, mean uh, uh, the more I think about it the more I think Atlantis may have been real but just not the name Atlantis right 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 yeah yeah because uh, we were talking I was talking about this with, with G or I don't know I was talking about somebody you look at the pyramids there are pyramids everywhere 
their pyramids, the Mayan pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids, their pyramids in e- Ethiopia. Yep. You could see any of these sorts, sorts of shapes. They're worldwide. They got them in China. And so people are thinking, well, why aren't they all the same? If we're thinking there's just like Atlantean civilization, why aren't they all the same? And I'm telling them, and this is my belief, <clears throat> think of this civilization back then as just ours. There are skyscrapers in San Francisco and skyscrapers in New York City right. and all over the world, and do they look the same? No, they don't. Not, they not don't. to our eye. Not to our eye, but, but hey. To somebody 50,000 years from now, they might look, they might look, they but might here's look the thing. all the same. They're all different architects. Okay, here's the thing. We all like to build these skyscrapers. We all know the basic idea of how it works. Right. Okay, but we all build it different ways. So do you think the Egyptians and the Mayans, if they knew each other, were like, hey, I'm totally going to copy that guy. They'd be like, no, we live in forests. They live in deserts. Yeah, right. We're going to build ours in a different way. And exactly. they'll build it with their materials. They'll build it with their own thinking in mind, but it's still the same pr- it's the Same pyramid. basic structure. Same basic structure. We have skyscrapers. Just, same just basic with, structure. Just with but different, different, different design. stuff on the outside. Looks yeah. a little different. It's not as if the same architect was like, yeah, we're going to send you over from Egypt and go over to the Mayans yeah. and you're going to help them. You gotta, no. You're taking a ride. You did, you're done with this one. So let's go check yeah, out our but, new spot. But the idea is that I would arguably say they came from the same school. They were taught under the, the taught the same principles. You know, they're saying all kinds of crazy shit, man. I don't know what to believe. You know, with the internet nowadays, who knows what's real, what's what's not true. Bullshit. It's true, but it's, it's you, interesting you if you look at the numbers. But it is opening your my mind to a whole lot of different thoughts and a whole lot of different ideals. And- if you are interested in this stuff, there's the YouTube. You go on YouTube and you can check out. Uh, he did. Graham Hancock did did a documentary on the pyramids and stuff, um, on the on the pyramids and also in. Angkor Wat temple in um, in um, I want to say was it Thailand, Malaysia? No, no, no. But Ang- Angkor Wat is a it's, a it's a large temple site, no. and he says that the series. Well, he makes the he makes the the, the argument like Machu Picchu. that these temples, there's several temples around this area in um, oh, I want to say Thailand. It's like Southeast Asia where okay. Angkor Wat, and these series of temples. Are shaped like a constellation. The location. He's also saying huh. that, yeah, because he's also saying that, um, okay, also saying that the pyramids, the way that they're they're set. So you have like the three pyramids are kind of like set, kind of offset. They're in right. a line, but kind of like offset. There, he there's this other um, investigative. Uh, uh, an investigative author, journalist Robert Bouval, who worked with Graham Hancock, says that looks exactly like the Belt of Orion, the three stars of the Belt of Orion, and exactly it actually is that because if you look and you measure the exact angles of the Belt of Orion, it matches exactly that of the angles of the pyramids of Giza. Crazy, and it's a lot of scientists nowadays don't don't believe this, but it's because. Back then, the civilizations back then were so thoroughly like science, magic, religion, art—all of it was all one. It's not all separate disciplines that we yeah, do well, have now, I, but I everything think, was all together. Well, I so, think on top of that, in general, when you think of an ancient society, you think they were ignorant. You think that they no, didn't yeah, have, but, have to. No. I mean, most people would say most that, people, right? yeah. They would think, oh, these guys were idiots. They didn't. Yeah, well, they figured sure, out. Right. They figured out geometry. They figured out trigonometry. They figured out algebra. They, they figured, figured all this stuff they out. They figured okay. out how to make beer. They yeah. Figured out, they figured out a lot yeah, of shit, they, man. Well, so here's the thing. Like even before that, take away from their from no. their fucking minds. Hey, think, uh, be honest. I mean, this is like thousands and thousands of years ago. But even the Roman Empire, Roman Empire lasted for a thousand years. A thousand. That's a long ass time. Thousand years. Okay, 
We've been around. Like the United States has been around. What? Two hundred. Two hundred fifty years. We're coming up. That's on that's, here. that's a pretty long while. But that's only one quarter. One quarter. Quarter. One quarter. You need to go another seven hundred fifty years for to last the Roman Empire. That's the Roman Empire. The Egyptian Empire lasted for several thousand years. If you have a civilization that lasts for a thousand years or two thousand years, I'd probably say it's pretty good. It's just like evolution. What you were saying. Hey. We're already at this point. We don't really need to go any further. Yeah, things are working out. We're working out for the next 2,000 years. So when we say, like, hey, these ancient civilizations didn't know what they're doing, they certainly knew what they were doing for 1,000 years. They certainly they, did. They knew what they were doing. Well, they probably had a big handle on the on the population as well, so they could manipulate them as they needed, too. True. You still had slaves. You still yeah. had that kind of thing going on. I remember, on. like, people were saying, like, hey, monarchies are bad. But yeah, monarchies are bad, but they worked for they worked a while. For a they were for a good long time. People were like, hey, we had kings and queens for a long they time. Us, they brought us through the middle, medieval times. Yeah. It, it, the dark ages. I'm not saying that it's a... I'm not saying it is... Um, well, basically, it's, what, was it, what Churchill once said was like, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. <laughs> That's a great saying. I yeah. never heard that one, man. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah it's true, but we never invented right democracy. Basically, yeah. to be honest, Athens invented democracy. And maybe monarchies and that kind of thing and, and having slaves and that, you know, being over people like that is part of a natural progression in society as, as civilization. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe if, well, maybe if there was a civilization that came about 50,000 years ago and they only lasted 20,000 years, say, and we don't know anything about them because they're buried and they've been gone. Yeah. Maybe the same thing happened with them when they were coming out of the out of the forest. Exactly. They, they went into monarchies and they went in because that's how you protected yourself. By, you have a chief. You made a tribe. You have one guy who's a chieftain. And, and eventually you start building walls and you separating start, yourself. And, start building walls, start marrying other families, start building up, building we'll up. Let's see building. what happens with the ants, man. They're heading that direction. That's what happened, <laughs> dude. That is what happened. We're, we're going into the, well... Well, ants, they all think alike. Hey, they're eating the fungus, man, so it's just a matter of time before you know the brain's what? big I enough. Think, I think we should go the way of the ant. <laughs> I gotta go. All right, we'll take care, George. I'll be all right, I'll see you. <laughs> see ya. See ya. I'm not condoning that, and uh, technically he only said that, so it's not as if he actually is doing that. Just to make sure. Just to make sure we don't necessarily condone criminal conduct or behavior on Mutiny Radio. We just like talking about past times that we've did it before. We got about 10, 15 minutes before we're going to close out. This is, um, again, this is Muni Radio, uh, muniradio.fm. And yeah, now, if you like what we've been talking about, you can listen again. Um, Apparently there is a oh Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio will be having a uh, group meeting um, in in twenty minutes or so. Um, so if you want to head down and uh, see what people are talking about, feel free. Um, now I'm just looking at YouTube. I was looking at oh there's this whole thing with Graham Hancock. If you're interested in more about Graham Hancock and his whole thing about. Um, Stuff he writes in the sign of the seal and the fingerprints of the gods. Uh, you can certainly watch any of the stuff he has on YouTube. There is, uh, I think it's called Quest for the Hidden Civilization. Quest for Lost Civilization. Yes. So it's called Quest for the Lost Civilization. 
Uh, you can probably find it. Uh, you can only find it in two parts or one part. It is a very good documentary in case people are interested in watching and learning more about uh, alternative history. What people call alternative history. Um, people might say, oh, well, uh, he has come across, come uh, um against the mainstream um but one has to realize that a lot of the mainstream people people who are tenured people who have this authority they they tend to actually be more willing to protect themselves and their own authority rather than trying to go after what could very well be uh the truth um and a lot of times it's because say for example you say that the sphinx is you know 30 40,000 years old no, say it's 20,000 years 20,000 years old okay that flies in the face of most textbooks you will ever read about ancient Egypt. Most, if not all, textbooks will say the Sphinx is about four or 5,000 years old. Um, but that's not true. If you look at the physical evidence, and in fact, most non-Egyptologists, most geologists would probably admit that the Sphinx is over is about 12, 12 to 15, maybe even more, 15,000 years old, which is an incredible, incredible number to consider uh, simply on the basis that do we know of anything that anything of human origin that has been that old and of that significance and has that has withstood the test of time that long it, it's unclear if there is anything that we know man-made that is as old i mean there you can talk about the old megalithic structures and see how old they are and it's the age of these these things that just boggle the mind. The, I might actually just go ahead this later this afternoon, just like a, watch some of this old documentaries again, oh, these old documentaries, simply because they seem to they, they answer some questions, but they also very much raise these questions that, uh, well, that that offer something about our past for me it's kind of the same thing as saying you know why do we care about you know if aliens exist right well who cares or what about this ancient civilization you know do they exist and who cares and that's a good question who cares because you know we're all going through our day-to-day -day lives nine to five whatever and what does what point does it what does it matter to us in our day-to-day -day lives that uh, aliens existed or Atlantis existed or any of this stuff. I don't know. But I tend to think it, it, it tends to uh, make people be willing to question what they have been taught from the very beginning. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think it's important that people be willing to question things um, and not necessarily be... Uh, how should I say? Well, the whole thing with Graham Hancock is because he was not um, a tenured professor. He wasn't uh, somebody with advanced degrees in his fields of expertise. And so he was kind of uh, downgraded because of that. But on the other hand, it, it's to say, hey, if you're willing to do your research, you're willing to do the work, and you're willing to do something that other researchers don't do simply because they're afraid uh, that they will lose... Um, ground they'll, they'll lose some standing uh that that in itself becomes something of a problem uh, because it, it it stops people from really trying to innovate in advance and try to actually 
seek the truth, whereas they're more stuck dealing with power struggles rather than truth. Uh, but anyway, uh, show's about to close. Meeting's about to take place. There are people who are gathering. And, I don't know. Hopefully people had a wonderful Halloween. El Dia de los Muertos. Uh, this is the beginning of the holiday season. And it is about 11.46 on a Sunday. But yeah, so we'll be closing out in a few minutes. Hopefully let's uh, finish off with a, with a, I don't know. What's a random song to play? Any random song? Random song? No? Uh, hey, hey. How are you doing? Good to see you. All And uh, all right, party, champagne, toast. I guess they're at a different part of the par- house. This is where they tell jokes. They get the party guests tell jokes to each other while dancing. They'll say like, "Oh, my uncle got fired as a zookeeper for feeding the squirrels." Oh man, that's a bummer scene. Why? Who did he feed it to? Or whatever. Like laughing is what I'm trying to say. Feeding squirrels to the lions. To the lions. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's the joke. I got that from Uncle Floyd. It looks like um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, the the partying. Well, that would be a great yeah, pleasant party surprise. Too. That's the telephone. Some party. Party stops the moment the phone through. rings. So I don't know who Marty Feldman is Joy playing. Sunday. He's the best sir. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on right now. I, I'm honestly at a loss. We're at 2428 in the movie. Uh, this, I think there are a couple. Did really fail on a movie or no? She's doing what? You were just bail. Wow, she's hot, my icon. Well, I, I, we could bail on it, but the whole idea of, the, of this podcast is that there's <laughs> yeah, some bad movies that you can't you can't sit through, and I want to make sure we sit through it. That's why we have a podcast. You can listen to a podcast and watch this movie. That's how you can make it through this. Oh my this. god! Oh my god! Eat glass. So, so I guess they play two characters, right? So Jerry and Madeline are a, a couple that do each other, and they produce twins that look exactly like each other, and the twins don't do each other. A beautiful, beautiful couple. A uh, beautiful couple. Yeah, l- listen, seriously, a beautiful couple. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, man, he's the original Donald Trump. When, when Jerry gets serious, he's uh, serious. It's an important it. shot. I love how he talks, Jerry, when he gets serious. 
he was on a lot of good Merv Griffin. There is a Merv Griffin box set that has a bunch of Jerry uh, visits. And Jerry's there chain smoking, talking serious. And then uh, Merv will say, we'll be right back. And Jerry will do like some gag where he drinks, sips a glass of water, but he gets the entire glass stuck in his mouth, you know, like for the commercial break. But then he's serious the rest of the time. Yeah, he's totally serious, but, you know, he makes sure the camera lingers on him before they go to a shot. All right, so finally, the payoff. The alien kids are touching their heads, and their lights are there. They have some band in their head that's causing lights to go off. And then there's a set designer flashing a giant light off screen that's going through the, uh, the set. I'd pay good money for this movie. How is he still making movies? <laughs> when was um, Hardly Working made that we reviewed on my show, Proudly Resents? Hardly Working. When was, was that made? 84. That was 80, I think. Oh. Uh, I think so it was. Did him make another movie? Yeah, so he, um, he, he did uh, Smorgasbord as well during the 80s, right? That was cracking up. Ooh. But he, this film, like if King of Comedy was 83 and this film finally hit video in 84, uh, yeah, I don't know. Or like I said, he did a movie called Arizona Dreams, which is even worse than this movie with Johnny Depp. And he's serious sharing in that. And he did Funny Bones, which we love. But I don't think, uh, other than his own movie cracking up, oh, he did, Jerry did a movie in Germany about being a cop in 84, I noticed while I was digging around. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was really strange. It might have been a French production. It was a, it was a foreign production. Let me put it that way. With Jerry Lewis as a cop, and, I, I, and his character's name was Jerry, of course. Right. Oh, uh, so here's the Air Force One, and you could tell because the president has an oversized red phone and a Statue of Liberty in his uh, wing. And I think he's talking about jelly beans. I think this is probably political humor part. And you know who the president had? You see who that Love is? Love Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Do you, you prefer the millionaire or Mr. Magoo? Or James Dean's father when it comes to Jim Backus? Or James it's a, Dean's father. James Dean's father, yeah. Where Jim Backus has like a, a apron. He's, and he has a tray of cookies or whatever he's going to give his son and his son tells him to fuck off and he goes I don't understand you right yeah. you're, you're tearing me apart he's all everything oh that's uh, Mr. Magoo yeah <laughs> <laughs> hard to get over that Mr. Magoo is great it's like a white racist character you know like every cartoon yeah. character is a, is a race is, is an ethnic stereotype and then they're like well let's make fun of uh, dementia well we're at it yeah, why not? Let's get it all in there. Mr. Magoo, uh, the movie, have you ever seen that? Leslie Nielsen? No, I didn't see that. I have. Oh, is it? It's good. I mean, it's directed by a Hong Kong director whose name I forgot. It was a Disney movie, and it's a lot of set pieces. It's a, one of those, like, weird 90s comedy. Uh, speaking of comedy. Good. The kids are uh, playing with their food. Jerry's doing some uh, slapstick. Of another kind. Like, not funny. Yeah. <laughs> How many kinds of slapstick are there? There's slapstick. And I wouldn't even consider, like, having a Costello or uh, 
Laurel and Hardy slapstick necessarily. There's a food fight where uh, with a bunch of actors in the room. Yeah, it's fun with the kids with their heads together. <laughs> so this would be outrageous if this wasn't inside a, ho- a house with nobody else watching. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> I love Marty Feldman though. He's covered in food. He has a nice slow burn going. Slow burn is the best. Yeah, he can do all that stuff so well. So he comes across. These guys, just, I mean, it just seems like they went into a soundstage, set this up, and then just had the three actors in the room while they made a mess. Yeah, well, there's curtains in the background. It's clearly like, yeah, some other kind of set. No one will notice. This is one of my favorite things about bad films. When they do something ridiculous, and they're like, well, no one will notice. Yeah. We just have shower curtains right around. Yeah, there's the scene with the food fight scene. They happen to have, like, uh, plastic curtains all around, draped around the room. It could be the same studio they shot the TV studio stuff in. But what a coincidence yeah. that when they pull out the gar- the hose that they happen to have uh, plastic curtains in the room anyway. Right, right. All right, so now we are in Amish country. You think this is shot in California, though? I don't know. Like, when we saw Hardly Working, there was a lot of scenes in Florida where, like, the wind was gusting and Jerry's weird hair was flying around. So he'll shoot anywhere. We're watching uh, adult. We're watching the parents right now. There's uh, George W. Bush. Yep, they're not going to leave the mansion. Maybe it's uh, just cheaper to set it up there. Yeah, I think like you know, just have the story run its course inside one location. Let's just do a story about this uh, nanny. So the babies are idiots unless their heads are together. But right. they're babies. They're so babies they, played by babies. adults. And that their parents are also played by the same actors. Sounds good. Really I approve. Good. I, I agree. I check this off. Sign the movie studio. Huh. So they're coming back to whatever. I have, I have a feeling this movie already knows what it wants to do. And it's just going to run its course. What course is that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They already know what they're going to do with this movie. So whether or not it makes any sense or if it's watchable is, is debatable. I mean, I don't remember. I, th- I mean, I kind of remember this book. It's just kind of an allegory about something. You know, I mean, it's it's not a... It's a metaphor. It's not meant to be literally shot, you know. But I love Jerry's makeup, though. The, the rubber nose on his face is really uh, noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You want to bail on this movie? Is what you're saying? We can put it on a different movie. No, no, no. I mean, we've got to watch something for two hours. Yeah. You know, who am I? Who am I to judge? Well, if I can figure out how to get the uh, sound working again on the, on the computer, I can. We could look up YouTube videos of Jerry during the time. 
you know, I have to admit, Jerry Lewis is like the last living legend we have. One of the last. And the fact that people should be grateful the guy's still alive and, and check out his movies. You know, you shouldn't go see a Jerry Lewis movie because he passed away. You should check him out right now. Beginning well, with he, uh, Which one should you see? Well, it's just, I mean, ironically, this movie, of course. But, I mean, sincerely, uh, oh, I like his... Uh, the bellboy you know the workaholic films he did where he just kept cranking them out uh patsy uh cinderella is funny uh the films that he directed are, are worth watching for sure i mean some of the 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 stunts the slapstick stunts are are pretty innovative and uh you know he, he has a distinct comic personality and and uh it's fun to watch i mean and he's done a lot of misfires, you know, and uh, even those are kind of fun to watch. So, uh, like big swing, big swing. Like you take a big swing, like a yeah, big chance. yeah. He does absolutely. Like he'll he'll miss, you know, or he'll uh, there'll just be something off about it. He did a movie called Which Way to the Front, uh, which is probably one of his last big movies uh, for Warner Brothers. And it's a World War II movie where uh, he happens, Jerry is a millionaire and he has a black uh, chauffeur named Lincoln. And him and Link go to uh, world, go to Germany because he looks like a, a German uh, official. And uh, he meets Hitler and Hitler's played by uh, this Jewish vaudevillian actor who plays him like as a Yiddish guy. And even that's kind of fun to watch. You know, it's bizarre. Uh, but he, he, as a director, used to do these crazy little stunts. Like, I remember one movie, they were watching an in-flight film, and there's some turbulence, and as the, as the plane itself would move, the image, in, the f image in the film would move with it. You know, that's kind of clever. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not yeah, impressing you with Jerry. But Jerry, has, he has so many mo 